Welcome to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast, coming to you from Gilbert, Arizona. We pray that God will bless your time as you listen. If I preach the gospel, this is no reason for me to boast, for an obligation has been imposed on me, and woe to me if I do not preach it. Uh, I feel the, uh, the obligation, the woe as it is, um, at least as much as St. Paul did. But unlike St. Paul, Jesus didn't manifest himself to me and call me to be an apostle and give me that gift of apostleship. So I would say I'm, I'm working with less than what St. Paul was working with. But it is a deep obligation. Preaching is a serious thing. And the number one complaint in Catholic parishes is bad preaching. Poll after poll after poll. When I was in um, seminary, the Archdiocese of Denver did a poll before I got there, and that was everyone's number one complaint was how awful the preaching was. And because of that, I had to take five semesters of homiletics. It wasn't fun. And it's the second lowest grade I got in all of seminary. <laughs> uh, mm, we even have a joke in seminary. If, um, if a man gets ordained to the priesthood and he can't sing and he can't preach, there's a good chance they'll make him a bishop. It's not universally true, but often enough that we have a joke about it. Okay. What do we do about bad preaching? Uh, first, kind of a reflection on what preaching is. Uh, preaching in the liturgical context, the homily, homologane, is literally to say the same word to speak the same thing. It's an echo of sorts. It's an echo of the liturgical prayers, of the sacred scriptures, of the faith of the church. And so the homilist never preaches himself. It's not self-referential. Although there's a bunch of people that love to be entertained by speakers who have charisma. Well, it helps if you have charisma but if they are proclaiming themselves to you, they're failing in their job. I, I grew up in a time in a church where usually if you kind of had a, a more conservative priest, you were going to get a little bit of politics. And if you had a more liberal priest, you're going to get a little bit more of social activism. Um, somewhere in the middle was a, a brand of morality that was either kind of rules driven, make sure you 
keep the commandments and the precepts of the church or it was be nice and kind and tolerant of everyone and everything and Jesus loves you just as the way you are. But there was never a deep preaching of the gospel or of the meaning of the liturgy. I got none of that. I had to wait till seminary really to start finding it. What is it that Jesus preaches? The first word that goes out, repent. Repent and believe in the gospel for the kingdom of God is at hand. This is the preaching of our Savior. What's the last thing that Jesus preaches? It's in the gospel of Luke on the road to Emmaus. He preaches to the disciples who who don't recognize him. Everything in the sacred scriptures concerning himself, beginning with Moses and all the prophets. In case you don't understand, that's the whole of the Old Testament. All of it. The apostolic preaching is always reference to Jesus. And one of the ways that you can tell that a homily isn't bad, at some point they should mention the name of Jesus, right? It's not, it's not wrong for a priest to bring up politics or the social conditions of our society, but never as a sociologist or a partisan politician, always from the the aspect of how the gospel touches those things. Okay, so what's some some things that we can expect? You have no right to demand that the preacher's personality matches yours. You might you might get an introverted priest who's kind of soft spoken. And he may not be very lively. But you have no right to ask him to change his personality. None. God will work with what he gave to that man. You're going to have foreign priests. And that means you're going to have to deal with at least two problems. The first is the accent. And the second is, if they're from Africa, they like to preach 30 or 40 minutes. Right? You're going to have to deal with that. That's the church that we live in. Or I might suggest, tell your sons to become priests. There's another option. Mm. You might get a priest who's plain spoken and blunt about things. I can't change that about me. What should you be able to demand and expect from your priest? That your priest and deacon pray. That they're, they're deep in the sacred scriptures. That they're formed by the liturgy of Holy Mother Church. That they know the fathers and the saints. Because if those things aren't true... That man will never preach the gospel. There's a thing that has to be done in order to to have something in order to preach 
I'll give you something practical that you can do. As you see the priest or the deacon stop and make his reverence to the altar, pray for him. Come Holy Spirit, open that man's heart, loosen his tongue. And then you might want to pray for yourself. Come Holy Spirit, in case this is really bad, open the ears of my heart that I'll hear something somewhere for me. Mm. But I also want to share with you the woe of preaching. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you which part of the burden is yours. Uh, and I'm, I bring receipts. For those of you who are parents, when you brought your children to the church, this is what you, you said yes to. The priest or deacon said, in asking for baptism for your children, you are undertaking the responsibility of raising them in the faith so that keeping God's commandments, they may love the Lord and their neighbor as Christ has taught us. Do you understand this responsibility to which you said yes or we do? And in nine years of priesthood, I've rather come to doubt the veracity of that answer. What we've done in place of allowing parents to live up to their duties and responsibilities is we've assumed that an hour on Sunday with father talking will get the job done. It will not. Or we make the assumption that only those who are trained catechists, that we just need to drop our children off, uh, like for an hour and a half or so, until they make their sacraments, and we treat it as if it's school. And what's the problem with that? Well, as soon as everyone makes their, their sacraments, They've graduated. They don't need to do any of that stuff anymore. And that's why, quite frankly, Catholics have at best an eighth grader's understanding of the Catholic faith. How do we remedy that difficulty? I've got a few suggestions for you. So I brought with me today, this is um, put out by Dr. John Bergsma. It's called The Word of the Lord. He went through the ABC Sunday lectionary cycle with a fourth volume for solemnities and feasts. And he gives you the readings with a short commentary after them. He's an excellent scholar and a faithful Catholic. And uh, this will do two things for you. You'll follow the cycle of the, the church's teachings through the liturgy. And if you get bad homilies, you'll always have something rich to reflect upon. The second thing that we have, um, and maybe we haven't pushed it as much as we should have, uh, every Wednesday night, with some few exceptions, St. Anne Parish provides lectures on the faith. 
on all sorts of aspects. And as with most things in a parish, when you first begin it, everybody comes. And then attendance drops off. And little by little what happens is, um, even though we're offering this thing, nobody's using it. I'd like to invite you to come to the Wednesday teaching series. In fact, should you, uh, should you go to other denominations in order to be an active member, what's going to be required of you? Well, you must be there for Sunday and it won't be just an hour. And they will demand that you give 10% of your salary and they usually expect you to show up for Wednesday Bible study if you really want to be an active member of their parish. Those same responsibilities are ours, brothers and sisters. We can't just scoot through an hour on Sunday and call it good. A second thing I would give you is on YouTube, we actually have access to all kinds of stuff. I can tell you every weekend when I'm done preaching, I go listen to Bishop Barron because I need someone to preach to me. So you can find good preachers on YouTube. Also with our Wednesday night lectures, every single one of those is live streamed and added to our YouTube page. So if you really can't come on Wednesday night, you can go to our YouTube page and watch it at your own convenience. Thirdly, I would suggest um, getting a good spiritual work, something on the spiritual life that you regularly return to, to reading. If you have the right to expect your spiritual fathers to pray, to be deep in the scriptures, to continue their study of their Catholic faith, your priests and deacons have the right to expect that you, in your homes, which are domestic churches, pray and read the sacred scriptures and spiritual works and continue the study of your Catholic faith. Even for those of you who aren't parents or whose kids have grown up, the only people I ever get to preach to are right here. We've done our, our demographic studies at St. Anne. We think we've got about 2,000, 2,200 families that come to Mass regularly. But we know from demographic studies that there's 12,000 Catholic households here in Gilbert. 2,000, 12,000. I preached to 2,000. The other 10,000 are yours. I'm sharing with you the woe. Your word to your neighbor may be the only time they ever hear about Jesus. The only time that they're invited to come to the Catholic Church. It's a necessary part of being a Christian, a witness to Christ. If priests were doing what they were supposed to be doing, praying, studying, deep in the scriptures, 
There's never an excuse for a bad homily. Ever. They can't always be great, but they should never be bad. And if the faithful were also praying in their homes, discussing the faith with their children and one another, studying the Catholic faith in the catechism and spiritual works deep in the scriptures, then the whole Catholic church, clergy and lay faithful alike, would shine with the grace of Christ as his witnesses in the world. And the world would want to know him. I'm not just sharing uh, a woe with you. There is a burden because it is so serious. I'm also sharing with you a delight. If you continue to study your Catholic faith, if you read the saints, the doctors, the fathers, the catechism, spiritual works, the sacred scriptures, you will see so much more clearly Jesus, your Savior. And it becomes the anchor for everything else in your world. It's not just a burden. Uh, it's, a, it's a privilege to know the revelation of God and the teachings of the church for the sake of the salvation of the world. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast. For additional podcasts and media, visit us on the web at www.sanneaz.org. Again, that's www. S-T-A-N-N-E-A-Z dot O-R-G. St. Anne, pray for us.